Hello and welcome to this audio recording for the research summary Reactivation of Human Herpes Viruses and Their Possible Role in the Causation of ME-CFS. I'm Katrina Pears, the Research Correspondent for the ME Association. In this research summary, we will look at the role of reactivation of human herpes viruses, HHV, in ME-CFS and long COVID as a number of studies in the past few months have implicated these viruses. The onset of ME-CFS often follows a bacterial or viral infection. However, reactivation of human herpes viruses has also been linked to the development of ME-CFS as well as in a number of other diseases including Alzheimer's disease and multiple sclerosis. A bit of background behind human herpes virus, HHV. There are over 100 different herpes viruses, but only 8 of these are commonly found to infect humans, including HHV6, HHV7, HHV8 and Epstein-Barr virus. The most common of these is Epstein-Barr virus, EBV or HHV4. These viruses are found all over the world and have infected almost the entire population. Most people experience a mild infection during childhood, but infection in teenage years can develop into glandular fever, commonly called mononucleosis, and also the kissing disease. Another well-known HHV is chickenpox, which is HHV3, which is caused by the Vellacella Vusta virus, which is an acute infection and nearly always caught in childhood. Additionally, there's also widespread infection of cytomegalovirus, CMV, or HHV5, which is also harmless. For example, in the US, nearly one in three children have been infected by the age of five. This is a summary of the previous research in this area. Previous research in this field has yielded inclusive results. For example, Babella et al. found no serological evidence for HHV6 being involved in the pathogenesis of ME-CFS. Cameron et investigation also could not support the hypothesis of ongoing or reactivation of EBV, HH6 or CMV infection in the pathogenesis of ME-CFS. Studies investigating a biomarker signature for HHV in ME-CFS have also proved disappointing results with substantially more work needed to prove the link. Other studies have looked at treating the reactivation of HH6 and using valglun cycloglia and arsithinate. However, these have all reported no success. Despite this, promising studies and results have been found. For example, Lober et al. Their study showed that it is likely that there's some impaired ability in people with ME-CFS to control the early steps of EPV reactivation owing to the lack of EBV-specific B and T memory cell response. Shapenko et al. found a high active viral load of HHV6, 7 and parovirus B19 in people with ME-CFS compared to controls in a reasonable sized study. Among other findings, they also found association between active viral infection and symptoms. Similarly, EBV has been shown to have lasting immunological imprint with T-cell activation, as shown by Fentec et al. 
Fluctuating viral DNA load of HHVs have also been shown to correlate with symptoms as shown by Lee et al. and also to the severity of MECFS shown by Grassalella et al. Subgroups of MECFS patients with different disease triggers have also been found to be distinguished by herpes virus serology. Furthermore, other studies have shown the clinical benefit of the subsets of patients when treating reactivation of herpes virus with valglin cyclokia. Other studies on those with central nervous system CNS dysfunction and HHV6 and EBD have shown resolution of symptoms with this treatment. The newest hypothesis in this field is that a new infection, i.e. catching COVID or flu, can reactivate viruses that lie latent in the body cells after the previous infection. This review will now look at three of the latest studies in more detail. So what studies have been done in this field? Study 1 is titled Saliva Antibody Fingerprint of Reactivation of Latent Viruses After Mild or Asymptomatic COVID-19 is Unique in Patients with MECFS. So the background behind the study is that the researchers from Sweden carried out a novel piece of research on the reactivation of viruses after mild or asymptomatic COVID-19 infection in MECFS. This study analysed a range of viruses in the blood and saliva of 95 non-vaccinated MECFS patients and 101 healthy controlled. The results showed that following a COVID-19 infection that both groups had significant latent virus reactivation with herpes viruses in this study which were EBV and HHV6 and endogenous rotaviruses being detected in the saliva. However, in patients with MECFS, this response was significantly stronger. In particular, the EBV included nuclear antigen 1 EBNA1IG. Results show that even mild or asymptomatic COVID-19 infection can cause potential trigger for latent viruses such as herpes virus and endogenous rotaviruses, meaning that MECFS patients are more susceptible and have stronger reactions to COVID-19. This provides further evidence for altered immune responses in MECFS. So my insight into this study is that the results from this study are interesting and the study has strength in its reasonable scale. Findings could explain when infected by other viruses, MECFS patients tend to become more unwell and for longer than healthy controls due to the role of dormant viruses being reactivated. It is also interesting that the results were only significant in the saliva and not in the blood which could have implications into future studies and lead to more significant results. The authors suggest that this could be due to herpes viruses being common in the oral cavity, making them easy traceable in the saliva. Furthermore, it should be noted that the previous studies have shown that when studying antibodies for COVID-19, the saliva should also be used. So the second study we're going to look at is called a tissue-pacific signature HHV6 infection in MECFS. So the background behind this research, the researchers are based in Germany and the United States looked at tissue-pacific signatures for HHV infection in those with MECFS 
particularly focusing on HHV6 and EBV. This study analysed post-mortem tissues of three patients with ME-CFS and 26 controls. The results showed that a high viral load in the brain and neural tissues, including the spiral cord in ME-CFS, which was absent in the controls. Specifically, they found a high abundance of microRNA from HHVs, which are molecules that help make proteins. The team hypothesised that this high amount of HHV microRNAs being present leads to a decrease in mitochondrial functioning, which in turn changes mitochondrial metabolism and innate immune response, which is the immune system you were born with. The authors also suggest that the virus being found present in the brain and neurotissue could affect nerve function, immune response, as well as causing the characteristic symptoms experienced in ME-CFS. The results also suggest that tissue-specific locations for active viruses. These results may explain why a number of previous studies on HHV and EBV have provided disappointing results as a consequence of mostly inaccessible sample locations. So what is my insight into this study? The results from this study are fascinating. Studies like this are incredibly rare. Therefore, expanding the cohort to verify these results is incredibly difficult. And this is the main limitation of this research. However, we sincerely thank those and the families who donated these tissue samples for this research. Please note, the ME Association sees the importance of developing an ME-CFS post-mortem tissue bank. A suitable location would need to be found to store these tissues, which is being explored by members of the ME-CFS Bayer Bank team. The latest update on this following Cara Jane Spencer's death on the 2nd of January 2023 and her appeal can be found on our website. So the third study we're going to look at is called Impact of Pre-Existing Chronic Viral Infection and Reactivation on the Development of Long Covid. So the background between this study is that the researchers are based in San Francisco, USA, investigated the presence and the reactivation of chronic viral infections in long Covid patients. The study looked at EBV as well as CMV and HIV, which is not a HHV. The study analysed 280 adults who had a COVID-19 infection using serological testing and looked at the statistical association between viruses and long COVID symptoms. The results from this study found that long COVID symptoms were associated with recent EBV reactivation and pre-existing HIV infection. However, the statistical analysis used was adjusted for participation factors, sampling, comorbidity conditions and prior hospitalisation. Whereas underlying CMV infection was associated with a decreased risk of developing long COVID. Overall, these results suggest differentiating effects of chronic viral infections on the likelihood of developing long COVID and distinct syndromic patterns. So my insight into this study is that the results in this study are not so clear-cut, as this study only suggested a potential recent EBV reactivation and the higher chance of long COVID, with long COVID being found to develop in those without EBV reactivation or CMV disease. Therefore, virus reactivations are not essential to the development of long COVID. 
Without diving too deep in this, to the statistical analysis used, I would also question how much the authors adjusted the results to get a positive statistical result, as they are very clearly claim they adjusted for various factors. Furthermore, only a small number of the interactions yielded significant differences. I would say this is the weakest of the three studies looked at in this summary. So what current research is going on in this field? The recent published studies show some variation in results, especially as they looked at different types of HHVs and also different specimens, i.e. blood or saliva or tissue. Research is currently underway at Brunel University in London that is being funded by the National Institute of Health in America into the role of the reactivation of herpes virus infections in ME-CFS and long COVID. This research will focus on participants recording their symptom severity so that it can be determined whether changes in HHV-6B concentration in saliva occur before or after the changes in ME-CFS symptoms. This will allow the researchers to see if HHV-6B causes the symptom changes or if these occur after the disease gets worse. As well as this, the researchers will investigate immune cell function in people with ME-CFS and long COVID, specifically looking at cytotoxic T-cells, including their response to stimulation and the impact of HHV-6B on their interaction with other immune cells. Pilot studies by this research team have already shown that the concentration of DNA from HHV-6B was higher in saliva from people with ME-CFS and the concentration changes correlated with symptom severity. The research is being led by two members of the UK ME-CFS Biobank team, Professor Jackie Cliff at Brunel University and Dr Eliana Lassada from London School of Tropical Medicine. The research update can be read in full on our website. So what can we conclude from these new studies? From the three studies we looked at, we can conclude that fluctuating symptoms in ME-CFS could be a result of repeated HHV reactivation due to abnormal immune responses following an initial trigger such as an infection with another virus. Saliva is key when studying HHVs due to saliva being a key to transmission with the salivary glands being a particular permissive site for HHV replication. But results also suggest active virus may hide in inaccessible locations. Results may vary with the specific HHV studied. I do hope these results are followed up as these findings have potential for the development of new treatments looking at boosting antiviral immune responses as well as a role in immunological testing for diagnosis. Thank you for listening to this research summary on the reactivation of viruses.